This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. This week we have a monumental 2016 update as Hillary Clinton becomes the first woman nominee of a major political party in the United States. And we close the show with a heavy conversation about the Stanford rape case. Stick around, guys. I think it's a good one. The Mandatory Samson Podcast, coming to you from Stand Up New York Labs in New York City. Welcome to the show, everyone. It's truly an honor for you to have joined us today or tonight or whichever point in time you've chosen to listen to this particular episode. My name, Christopher Flannery. Who's this guy? Joseph Anthony Noe. That's correct. We're also being produced by Sweet Evan. How you doing over there, buddy? What up? We also got Johnny in the house. He's going to jump on the mic in a second. We're going to talk about something at the top of the show. Impromptu, we decided right before we started recording. Okay. Joey? Yes. What do we have in store on episode 84? I wasn't really asking you. It's a rhetorical question. We're going to lead off with a big 2016 update. Okay. Then a few quick hits, including some Cincinnati Zoo updates, which I know you're excited about. I'm actually really excited about it, too. Last week, we mentioned that the people calling for charges Mm -hmm. against the mom was racist a little bit. Slight racist. Got a video clip, backs up everything I was saying. We're going to get into that a little bit later in the program. Is the clip as racist as Donald Trump? It's... I I don't want to get into it right now. Okay. We're also going to get into... There's a big one, I Uh think. Big in the sense of important the battle for fallujah is taking place in iraq right now okay and finally joey we're going to give our two cents on the stanford rape case which i told you to do some reading about uh i think it's an interesting i've read a lot of testimonials yes i as i asked you to do um it's an interesting moment in the culture and i think it's worth having a conversation about so we're going to do that at the end of the show uh before we get to any of that I feel like we should at least mention the death of the great Muhammad Ali. Yes. Fantastic human being. Yes. Or that I don't know what I could say that hasn't been already said. Yeah, I I, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not going to pretend like this is somebody that I was talking about all the time before he died and that he was like this huge influence in my life. But when you obviously, you know, you like Muhammad Ali, I've seen, you know, he's been a big part of the world for a long time. Uh, what I like about it and some of the articles that I was, I was reading is his stance on not going to war, not going to Vietnam is such a, a ballsy, brave, uh, intelligent move. It's so impressive, especially at the time he th- essentially threw away the prime of his career. Yes, he did for what was absolutely correct. He ain't got no problem with the Viet Cong. What have they ever done to him? Perfect. That's exactly right. Uh, I have a quote from Ali at the time that I think is cool, and then we can move on with the show. I am America. I am the part you won't recognize, but get used to me. Black, 
confident, cocky, my name, not yours, my religion, not yours, my goals, my own, get used to me. And let me tell you something. The world got used to that guy. He yes, didn't did. bend to the world. And uh, that's really like an ask from somebody to just be unapologetically who they are. And that's what he was. So rest in peace to the greatest Muhammad Ali. And uh, we move forward. You got anything? You don't want to add anything to that, Joey? Uh, I actually did happen to like one of his quotes. Sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you with it right now. Please do. People say I talk so slow today. That's no surprise. I calculated I've taken 29,000 punches, but I've earned 57 million and I have saved half of it. So I took a few hard knocks. Do you know how many black men are killed every year by guns and knives without a penny to their names? I may talk slow, but my mind is okay. There you go. That's the thing, man. Like you hear, it's easy in retrospect to be like, cool. Like we all love Muhammad Ali, but at the time, he was ruffling feathers with that type of shit. And the stuff that he's saying uh, is still relevant. Like we black athletes and black um, public figures, you know, whatever these big personalities still catch the same shit that Ali was catching. It might be a little less today, but he was bringing up these things, you know, decades ago that are still relevant. And that's why his, uh, his legacy is so important because he did not change who he was. It's my name, not yours. Get used to me. Yes. The the one thing I do have to say is even though some of us haven't had the opportunity to watch him live. Yeah. Because yes, we can go back and watch it. But to me, it, it, it's not the same. No, it's not the same. It's not the same as when you see, you know, I mean, I, I look at somebody like Ronda Rousey. When you watch a Ronda Rousey fight, when she is kicking the shit out of everybody and she's, you know, uh, arm barring everyone. That's the first one that you're like, she broke the sport open for, for women fighters. She's not the first one, but she's, she was the best one at a point in time. And right. You can never recreate that. You can feel like, you know, you can, you can catch up, but unless you're in that moment, it's never, uh, you can never, uh, capture it. And that's what's special about people like that. You know, uh, Muhammad Ali, especially. All right. Before we get into the 2016 update, we were bullshitting around in the office today uh, Johnny, if you'd step to the mic, this would be great. There were some tweets. There was a little bit of a tweet back and forth Ooh. between uh, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Johnny, will you tell me what initially sparked this little uh, confrontation, this little tete-a-tete online? All right, so about three hours ago, Trump tweeted, Obama just endorsed crooked Hillary. He wants four more years of Obama, but nobody else does. Okay. So right after Obama. So- solid, uh, classic Donald Trump yes. tweet, right? Nothing okay. out of the ordinary there. No. Five minutes later, Hillary responds, delete your account. With the link to that With, t- tweet. Yeah, now, before we continue on, because mm. obviously, because Johnny was like, hey, did you see these tweets? He read them to me, and I go, Trump's going to obviously respond back to that. Yes. And w- we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Hillary unveiled this biting mockery plan that she was going to go after Trump with. And I said it at the time, like, there's no way that's going to work because that's not what Hillary Clinton's known for. Hillary Clinton is known for one thing and one thing only being capable. Yes. She's not likable. She's not like you. She doesn't relate to you, but she could be president. And that's what she should be running on. Not trying to go toe to toe with Trump on like online insults. That's his world. And you're being making a mistake 
uh, to go toe-to-toe with him there because she can't hang in that that deep end of the pool, you know? And also, she shouldn't bring herself down to that level. Well, look, it's a strategy. I mean, f- fuck it. You know what I mean? It's like, the, she'll go wherever she this needs to go. This is the highest office in the land. I understand, but let's not, but okay. But you understand what I'm saying. Yes. That this is just not a good strategy for somebody that obviously can't hang there. Uh, and also, I said, Hillary, this is before we got any response from Trump, she should never be using the phrase delete in related relation to anything, anything online because what is the obvious obvious comeback something about emails right what is trump's response and then 50 minutes ago trump responded how long did it take your staff of 823 people to think that up and where are your 33,000 emails that you deleted nailed it N- nailed it obviously was going to nail it and that's of course and it works because it's true it she didn't write that some a bunch of her staff got together and i was saying clearly they're not around funny people there's nobody funny in the room because somebody would have been like that's a mistake he's just gonna say where are the emails because we brought up delay obviously so that that's we called it a couple of weeks ago this biting mockery thing not gonna happen and prime example today came to fruition so maybe hillary should delete her own account no well no no i mean she just needs to stay in her lane you're not going to beat Trump. You're not going to fight fire with fire with Trump. Just be reasonable. You're going to win. If, if everything just stays the way it is, the way it is, you're going to win. There's no, re- you don't have to bury him. You just win. That's all. Uh, we'll see what happens. But mm-hmm. I, I wanted to bring that up because we just talked about that. And clearly it's already back- backfiring. There's no way she's going to be able to do this with him. We'll see. Let him hang himself with his own rope. We're going to get into it in the update in a few minutes with the judge comments and all the shit. Yeah. Like, let him let him do that. That's what you need him to do. Don't give him an opportunity to be funny. Do you remind when he does that? You're reminding people why they like him. Yes. Forget all the other shit that that is why people like him because they don't like Hillary and he's funnier than her. So all he has to do is land one good Twitter zing and, and people are like got that bit like they don't like her. So that that's why that works. Johnny, thank you for uh, joining the program. Appreciate it. Pleasure to be on the podcast. Oh. Uh, so, Joey, let's get into this 2016 update. Evan, just make sure you sh- switch the uh, the mic off. Um, Hillary Clinton. So it was obviously a big week. Huge week for A Hillary. week we knew was going to be happening. Uh, Hillary Clinton is the presumptive nominee of the Democratic Party. Uh, yes, she is. It was set in stone for quite a while, but now the moment is actually upon us. I have clips from Hillary Clinton's speech that night clips of Bernie Sanders speech that night and clips of Donald Trump's speech that night, which we're going to get into right now. Before we get into the Hillary stuff, according to reports, U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren will endorse Hillary Clinton, who, like I said, is now the presumptive nominee of the Democratic Party. Yes. Which is a hard blow. I, uh, you know, that hurts. Um, you got to think Elizabeth Warren is in the conversation for vice president. Harry Reid came out and said he'd like to see her be the vice president. Wouldn't um, that be something? Well, yeah, I mean... I, you know, I don't see it happening, though. No. Well, if... Here's the unwritten rule about the vice presidency. If you're publicly asked, you must say yes. Hillary Clinton can't... If Hillary Clinton at any point says in public, I'd like Elizabeth Warren or mentions Elizabeth Warren as a vice president, she has to say yes. Just like that. Yeah. So obviously the conversation huh. will take place behind closed doors. And if Elizabeth Warren's like, no, I don't want to be vice president, you can't, then don't fine, do it. it'll never don't come up. <laughs> but if Hillary's campaign starts putting it out there, believe me, Elizabeth Warren will be the vice president. You don't, you don't reject that. What will be interesting is on the Republican side how that works. But 
the overweight governor of New Jersey, it seems like is oh he wants that. He's bad. he's he just wants to get near the White House. He's like personal chef. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking <laughs> it's too easy, but I, I hate Chris Christie. All right. Um you ready to hear some of this Hillary Clinton speech? Now let me say this. Oh wait, wait, wait. Go ahead, please. Uh, I just want to say something. Uh this is a crowning moment for her. And she lived up to it. The speech was fantastic. You thought so? I thought so. Also, I've never seen her look more like a human being in my entire life. Really interesting. But it's so much easier to come out to a crowd chewing your name after you actually finally done it. Yeah, I don't. Uh, it's. In- I'm interested. I'm surprised almost to hear that that take. I didn't think it was anything shocking from her. Like that's what Hillary Clinton is like to me. And we're going to play the clips and mm-hmm. we'll talk about it as we go through. Um, I was going to say, obviously, I'm a Bernie supporter. I would rather Hillary Hillary be president than Donald Trump, but I'm not, you know, I'm not going to support Hillary, Hillary Clinton in the context of history. This is a truly historic moment. Yes. She is the first woman nominee of a, of a major party likely to become president. And, you know, while you don't necessarily have to support the person, you have to respect history and yes. Hillary Clinton certainly made history Tuesday night. This is Hillary Clinton at the podium after becoming the first woman to ever become the party nominee in America. Here we go. To you, it is wonderful to be back in Brooklyn here in this beautiful building. to see tonight, but we are all standing under a glass ceiling right now. But don't worry, we're not smashing this one. It's it's that little inflection that is the problem with the biting mockery strategy. Don't worry. We're not going to be smashing this one. Like she can't, she's not a natural energy like that. She's not Mm -hmm. a natural entertainer. Capable, not taking it away from her, but it's that type of shit. If Trump was saying that line, he'd he'd nail it probably. You know what I mean? He's just very good at that. Bernie, God knows, can say anything that sounds exciting. We're going to play his clip in a little bit. Uh, But okay, that's all. I'm just making that little point. Hillary, please continue. Thanks to you. We've reached a milestone. The first time, the first time in our nation's history that a woman will be a major party's nominee. Yes, let the applause rain down. It's exciting. Look. You, you this can't, is a long time coming. It's a very long okay. time coming. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, go ahead. Think well, about this for a second. There's, all, I, there's only two, you know, two Hillary clips. I just wanted yeah, to play yeah. yeah. Her entire life has led up to this moment. Absolutely. Everything she's ever done, any, everything she's ever thought of was for this one moment. Yes. And it's coming true for her. Absolutely. It's a big moment for her, for sure. I mean, per, you know, this is the first step. She's made the first step. Now it's onto the real you know, elections. She's gotten past the barrier that she could never get get past. Um, and it's interesting when you when you put that in context because the stupid email thing, the Goldman Sachs speeches, yeah, all of that factors in. 
yes, that's all part of her now as she's gotten to this moment, this moment in time, 1041 Eastern time on Tuesday night when she's giving the speech. Wouldn't it be nicer if she had gotten to that moment without all that stuff? But it's all a factor, and we'll see how it plays out in the general election. But you can't separate her from the rest of her experience. That's the that's the interesting thing. And it'll either damn her or propel her, and we'll, we'll find out what happens. This is the end of Hillary's uh, speech here, and then we'll move on. Now I'm going to take a moment later tonight and the days ahead to fully absorb the history we've made here. See, fully absorb. Like, it's not... The problem with her is... I don't know why she can't just go off the cuff sometimes. Like she definitely feels a way about this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when she goes back to wherever she's going tonight, back to her house, back to the hotel, she's going to rip off that pantsuit and just be like, I did it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> why not let that out on stage? You know what I mean? It's like a little force and I'm going to get, she's too afraid that if she does that, it's going to send out the wrong she's message, a, damning her. Well, she's not going to do that, but she's a mod, she is a classic politician. She's not a modern politician, which has been her problem always. Stop trying to be this like perfect toe the line. She's she's very good at an era that is somewhat passed by. She's fortunate that she's gotten this point and she's lucky that she's facing Trump, I think. She's going to win. But this could have, and that's why she lost to Obama. There was no reason why she should have lost to Obama. The difference was Obama's a modern politician and she's a classic one in the sense of there are certain rules you follow and this is how you do mm-hmm. it and you focus group and you poll test. And that's not where we are, especially why young voters didn't vote for her at all. They voted for Bernie. Why? Because Bernie seems absolutely genuine. There's nothing made up about that guy. Hillary, you know that it's this polished, this is not truly how she feels she's saying the words but the emotion behind them is not truly what it is but it is what it is you know i mean that that's who that is how she for lack of a better word was raised like she was raised on this style of politics and Mm -hmm. you know it's probably gonna work but that's the that's the dissonance i think that people have with her it's like just just scream fuck yeah i did it you know everybody knows you want to she probably feels great it's a huge achievement she's the first one Ever well, listen, and who knows who else is on other than Elizabeth Warren? Who else is even on the horizon of somebody that could possibly do this? You don't have the clips, but her, but her smiling there that shows true emotion. The cameras do pick that up. Can I tell you something? Yes. You're right, but when I, I was watching all this live because I, you know, I'm a sucker for this shit. I, I wanted to see, you know, I, I like to see. The, I li- like we were saying about Ali. Like, yeah, there's only one live moment of this, so yes. I like to be there for that live moment. I thought before she came on stage, you know, they're doing all the build up. When we get back from commercial, if we're at commercial and Hillary takes a stage, we're going to cut in and they have a video and all this stuff. I thought, cry. Oh my God. Yeah. Shed a couple of tears because who's going to be able to attack? They're going to, they're either Trump's going to come out and go, she's weak. And then she's going to go, oh, really? Women are weak. And if she shows that true emotion, people go, wow, buttoned up Hillary really showed some real emotion there. Would have been a nice idea to, to, Scored a couple out of those, you know, baby blues, but she didn't. Robots can't cry. <laughs> That's probably true. All right. Oh, I was going to make this point again yes, about the, like, I'll reflect a little bit, like that fake kind of, you know, I, I'm watching a lot of um, the Stanley Cup hockey games streaming on NBC Sports, uh, like live online. I, I really want to see how you're going to tie this together. Go well, ahead, go. you're going to, it's going to be, you're going to be amazed. They're running commercials on NBC for the, the Olympics. Okay. Michael Phelps is in one of the commercials that I see all the time and it grates on my nerves because 
he is giving an interview about, you know, is, I was a this year old when I first was in the Olympics. Then the, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. he's like, and now um, my son could be watching me at, at, at this one. Oh. Then they cut. Yeah, but right. And then they cut and he goes, huh, wow, that's kind of amazing or something. He says something like that, but it's so obviously like not truly him realizing it in the moment. It's like a staged moment. Yeah. That's that's how it relates to this. It's like it's you, you just feel it. You know it's not real because it isn't real. It might be real in certain moments in her life. Probably is. Mm-hmm. But in these moments when she's on camera and she's on the stage, she can't just let that one extra barrier down where people would be like, oh, of course I'm going to vote for Hillary. I, I love Hillary. They can't. You can't get close enough to Hillary. That's the problem. Let her finish up and then we'll move on. most is the history our country has yet to write. Our children and grandchildren will look back at this time, at the choices we are about to make, the goals we will strive for, the principles we will live by, and we need to make sure that they can be proud of us. The end of the primaries is only the beginning of the work we're called to do. But if we stand together, we will rise together because we are stronger together. Let's go out and make that case to America. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless America. All right. So that's Hillary Clinton. Uh, You ready to move on to sweet Bernie? God, I'm going to cry. It really bothers me. Look, and she forget all the bullshit. She got way more votes than him. Yes. We understand. We've talked about the system relentlessly. We know the superdelegates, all the shit. All that's a factor. Regardless, she got more votes. She's the nominee. There's no doubt that she should get the nomination. Like, I'm not saying Bernie needs to, like, get in there and, and get the nomination. No way. That doesn't make sense. The most people voted for her, she gets the nomination. That's Are simply you, how it works. Is that Chris calling on bernie to step down uh no well let's let's listen to what bernie has to say okay. and then we'll get into it um yeah because today i believe bernie had a meeting with the president of the united states barack obama joey is that correct yes it is and i actually wanted to see if you were up to a challenge me yes about such as what? well because uh as everybody knows from listening to the podcast we know you do a fantastic obama and a fantastic bernie uh-huh. I was wondering if you had enough in you <laughs> to go back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> like, like speculating potentially about what they spoke about today? Yes. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a challenge. Um, yes. I accept your challenge. Okay. Let's, let's give it a shot. Uh, all right. Here we go. <clears throat> Bernie, welcome to the White House. <laughs> Hold on. Wait. I got I to gotta get my brain straight. No. What, Evan? What, what Evan? What are you shaking your head about? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just, I want it to be perfect. Go, oh, okay. Go well, that was a good Obama so far. Bernie. Come on in. I made tea. We got scones on the south side of Chicago. I can't. I can't do the Bernie one for whatever reason. It's you not, can't go back I got. I got to wait. I, I can't. I can't do it. Okay. Challenge <laughs> failed. Let me hear Bernie talk. Okay. Maybe we'll do. Maybe we'll revisit this. <laughs> All right. This is Bernie Sanders. Uh, like ten minutes after Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. Um, or no, excuse me, hours after Hillary Clinton. She went on about eleven o'clock Eastern. He went on at around eleven o'clock Pacific time. So we're we're talking hours later. Oh, okay. So this is Bernie Sanders addressing the crowd. Uh, got three quick clips here, and let's hear what Bernie has to say. And I am 
enormously optimistic. It is a real honor to be here today, uh, President Obama. I'd like to talk about the delegate situation and the convention. Come on, have a seat. Let's, <laughs> let's have Michelle. I can't do it. Is that unbelievable? <laughs> I have to just be doing one voice. All yeah. right. So we learned a, a valuable lesson today. You embarrassed me on the show, Jimmy. God damn it. <laughs> about the future of our country when so many young people have come on board and understand that our vision, a vision of social justice, economic justice, This was a boisterous crowd, by the way. Make no mistake, the support is real for Bernie yes. Sanders. I mean, he came out to a, probably a five-minute standing ovation when he came out. Well, do you have the clip of what she said to him? Who? Hillary? His, Jane, his wife. Oh, I, I, it's not on this, like, online where I, where I found it, but okay. yes, I said, well, good. You want to say, yeah, when they first came out on stage and he's getting this huge ovation, his wife and his family standing behind him, and the wife leans over. Uh, and They're says, still with you. Yeah, she goes, they're still with you. They're still with you. Like, she really... Yes. That was a moment. That was a touching moment to watch because it's the truth. Like, you're seeing these people. They're not going away. These are Bernie's people now. And that's what we've been talking about. He says it at the end of this this clip. I'm not going to blow it, but yeah, what he says is what the truth is, and we'll get to that in a second. Racial justice. And environmental justice. must be the future of America. Our vision will be the future of America. Now, like you were saying, do I want Bernie to drop out? No, Bernie, do whatever you want. For real, do whatever <laughs> you want. But he's already started transitioning to the second phase of this thing. He's not going to be the nominee. He knows that. He's not crazy. He gets it. That thing saying our movement of this, 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 and this, is going to be the future of America is saying we're I'm not going to be president, but it doesn't matter because this is the movement. Yes. We're all on the same page here. We're going to push the party in that direction. We don't even have to be part of the Democratic Party, but this movement that we've created here is going to push this country to the left, more progressive, more justice. And that's really you know, that's what you want. And, and, and realistically, that's the lasting legacy of what this whole thing is. And it also shows you that you can survive and thrive even without accepting corporate bribery and all this mm -hmm. stuff. You didn't win, but it, he came very, you know, he came very close. It ran an incredible race. All right. Skipping ahead a little bit. I don't, I didn't write down what these clips were, but we'll figure it out as we, we hear them. By the way, every week. We're on the first topic, and we're at a half hour in the program. This is a huge episode. I think so it is a huge it, episode. No, I know. In. Well, I was trying to do, you know, I keep every week I call Joe, and I'm like, we should do like an hour this week. We'll try to keep it tight. This is this is feeling like a two-hour episode, but... It might even be three, bro. I feel like good flow through the first part of the show. I didn't feel like a yeah, half hour to me. That flow. felt good. I'm sure the Samsonites are liking it. Let the man speak. Next Tuesday, we continue the fight in the last primary in Washington, D.C. Crowd went crazy over that because mm -hmm. that was the whole question. Is Bernie going to drop out? What's he going to do? Nope. 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 Come to D.C., Bernie. Raucous crowd. Yeah. 
are going, we are going to fight hard. We are going to fight hard to win the primary in Washington, D.C. And then we take our fight for social, economic, racial, and environmental justice to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Defiant. Yeah. I mean, rightly or wrongly, whatever, he, he knows he has a movement here and he's defiant in the face of calls for him to drop out and all, <laughs> all that stuff. It's His message is, the, 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 the thing that is frustrating when you watch this, I, I of course I would have liked to have seen this guy become the nominee and become president and see how the country could be reshaped that way. Um, what's important about it is that his message, in my opinion, and obviously a lot of people, is the right message. It forget campaigns, forget all that stuff. When you boil it down, get money out of politics and give the democracy back to the people. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the, that's what needs to be done. So whether he's going to be the president or it's going to be 20 years down the road, there's going to be another democratic socialist that was, you know, raised on this type of stuff. Like that's the movement. And that's what he's talking about. Our movement is going to go to, to Pennsylvania. It's not, I'm going to win the nomination. He's saying we're taking this message, this fight there, and I gotta believe Bernie's going to be given a pretty prime time slot at the convention, give a huge speech, and he'll he will endorse Hillary Clinton. Yeah, um, it's just not time yet. He's going to play out the the process, and we'll just see where it goes. But make make no mistake. I mean, this guy's not he's not trying to get Trump elected. He might not really be trying to get Hillary elected either. But he's he will he gets the he'll, game. Too. He'll, he'll he'll yes he exactly he understands how this game is played. <laughs> or he doesn't and it's because he's going to get to the convention it's going to be a nightmare and he's just going to keep demanding recounts and stuff and I'm like wow I did not see this coming at all but it's going to be that pain in the ass old man yeah just <laughs> refusing to live like all right this guy actually flipped a fucking wig yeah I don't know what's going on here I am I am pretty good in arithmetic and I know that the fight in front of us is a very, very steep fight, but we will continue to fight for every vote and every delegate we can get. All right, so now we skip ahead a little bit, and this is Bernie's uh, closing remarks. Uh, okay. Here we go. If this campaign has proven anything, it has proven that millions of Americans and millions it's like the rock. Yeah. Who love this country are prepared to stand up and fight to make this country a much better place. Thank you all. The struggle continues. <laughs> Ooh, that's uh, what I was talking about before. The struggle continues. continues. We're not going to title the episode that, Joe. You can uh, I'm going to write it down, though. Okay. The struggle continues is more what I'm talking about, where it's like 
is he t- he's not talking about his fight to be the president. He's talking about the struggle for racial justice, economic yes. justice, social justice, environmental justice. That's the struggle that he's going to continue with this movement, who is, who is like his wife pointed out, still with him, um, and see what you can turn that into over the next you know year, five years, ten years, and, and see if you can really keep struggling with the larger amount of people on board. You know, What's amazing, too, yeah. which actually says a lot, is he has a movement growing now, and as we've already said, you can't change everything with just the presidency. You have right. to do the House and the Senate and everything oh, else and all the positions. So Well, and culture itself. Yes. You know. So you have this huge base that's willing to go bat for you. And at the same exact time, you have a thing happening with the Republicans where they're scared shitless of Trump bringing down everybody. Yeah. So it's strange to see these two events happening at the exact same time. Yes, and likely for the same reason. You know, the... Again, uh, w- people can argue it's it's anger. People are angry. People are angry, but nobody ever seems to say what they're angry at. They can't put their finger on it. The thing that people are angry about is the fact that we we realize that the system is not working f- the way it's supposed to work or the way that maybe it is working the way it's supposed to work, but it's not working for the vast majority of people. Mm-hmm. And those are the reasons why are extremely simple. Money in politics, corporate influence over our democracy. That's what it is. Bernie addresses that, and that's why I think you're seeing a positive movement that can probably be lasting, and I think Trump doesn't, he he pays lip service to it, we're going to play a little bit of his clip in a second, but it's not a lasting um, movement, it's more of a rejection of establishment, but I think his is more narrow, because people that are that are supporters of his think it's it's just because of the people that are in government, it's the goddamn establishment Republicans. No, it's the way government and elections work in general. Mm-hmm. It's not just your side. It's the whole thing. That's, you know, like, that's why it's happening on both sides of the aisle. Yeah. But one of them is addressing it in the correct way, and the other one is narrowing it down to, you know, whatever what Trump's <laughs> trying to do. thing is, you know. Uh, all right. Good segue. It was one of Trump's worst weeks of the campaign for a number of reasons, but mostly due to his comments about Judge Gonzalo Curiel, who is uh, presiding over the Trump University case, which we talked about mm-hmm. last week. Um, he made a lot of comments this week about how, look, I'm building a wall. The judge, he, he's Mexican. He's very proud of his Mexican heritage. Nothing wrong with that, but I'm building a wall, implying, well, I'm going to keep Mexicans in Mexico and make them pay for it. This guy's Mexican. How the fuck could he be an unbiased judge? Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's why this isn't going. And people are like, well, that's the textbook definition of racism to imply that someone can't do their job because of their race. Yes. And, uh, you know, that kind of fell on deaf ears to, to <laughs> Trump. A lot of people came out. Um you know, against Trump, Senator Mark Kirk, who's a Republican from Illinois, became the first Republican in Congress to rescind an endorsement of Trump. Um, and I also have a quote from Lindsey Graham. I'm also going to test out a Lindsey Graham impression in a second. We're going to get to this Trump clip in a minute, but this I've been working on this Lindsey Graham impression a little bit. You ready? How much time have we spent on Lindsey? Not, you know, some seconds. Oh, okay. Uh, if anybody was looking for an off-ramp, this is probably it. There'll come a time when the love of country will trump hatred of Hillary. There are a lot of people who want to be loyal to the Republican Party, including me, but there'll come a point in time where we're going to have to understand that it's not just about the 2016 race. It's about the future of the party, and I would like to support our nominee. I just can't. Every person in the Republican Party has got to make their own decision. I'm going to focus on the House and Senate. 
I'm going to focus on helping my colleagues in the House and Senate because I can do that enthusiastically. That's a pretty good, that, I feel like that was pretty good. And he's right. I feel that was a fantastic senator. Maybe not Lindsey Graham, but a fantastic senator. Oh, I think you need to listen to more Lindsey Graham clips like I do every day. Okay. I study Lindsey Graham. I have a picture of him on my wall. I'm really taking this very seriously. Um, oh, I flipped. Oh, God damn it, Joey. This was rolling so smoothly, and then I flipped the sheet. I actually need this side. All right. So once again, rough week for Trump. We'll mm-hmm. see. You know, people are... Um, Paul Ryan said everything he said was horrific. I'm going to vote for him, definitely, but... Horrible. Worst statements I've ever heard. Um, it's embarrassing. I mean, it's really embarrassing. for. I'm for, actually highly embarrassed for Ron Paul right now. Ron Paul? Excuse me. Poor Ryan. Oh, I was going to say, I was like, what the fuck yeah, did Ron yeah, Paul yeah, do? No, no, no. The, the fact that even though he caused Trump a racist, he's still going to vote for him is insane. Oh, I mean, but that's what I'm talking about. Right. It's, emba- it's embarrassing. It's not embarrassing. Trump is who he is. You know what I mean? Like nobody should be shocked by this at this point. It's embarrassing the way that these like little pussies react. All to fall him. in line. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Well, what are you worried about? You're not going to win the election anyway. They're delusional. If they think they're going to win the election, your base hates you. That's why they are supporting this guy. Fuck them. Then <laughs> get a new base. That's how it's going to work. You got to come out against this. It's insane because you're losing the country. You're going to lose Congress and God damn it. Wouldn't it have been great if Bernie was in there. Cause that was always the knock. What's he going to get past? Everything. Yeah, what if he controls both houses of Congress? Somebody had that opportunity and it kind of not... Who? Obama had that for a little bit. Um, Obama had it, but he didn't have a filibuster-proof majority. People like Blanche Lincoln, uh, Max Baucus, these, you know, blue dog Democrats that are sort of moderate Republicans wouldn't vote for his proposals. That's the problem. It wasn't filibuster-proof majority. He didn't have 60 votes. Okay. All right. This is Donald Trump. At the podium uh, the same night, this was around nine o'clock, so it was a couple hours before Hillary went on the air, and uh, this this is what people were saying was like his attempt to assuage people concerned about his temperament, and look, he can read off a teleprompter, he can, you know... How, how do people gain points today by reading off a teleprompter? Well, I, I thought that was something that was looked down upon at him. It depends point. who you are. With oh. this guy, when he's screaming at people and he's calling, you know, Mexican judges assholes and all this stuff... <laughs> you want to see him be able to like, well, let's see if he can not shit at the dinner table. Let's see what he can do here. Uh, so this is Donald Trump's attempt to not shit at the dinner table. And uh, here's some clips. You ready, Joey? Yeah, I, yes, I am. You like that? Okay. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to write that down as a title, but I Maybe. don't think we, we're going to be able to use it. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll find it. You guys will find out when you're listening to this. You'll know. <laughs> to those who voted for someone else in either party, I'll work hard to earn your support, and I will work very hard to earn that support. To all of those Bernie Sanders voters who have been left out in the cold by a rigged system of superdelegates, we welcome... Well, once again, we've talked about this. It's not a rigged system. It is the system. Mm -hmm. Uh, You might not like it, and it's been rumored or thought, speculated that potentially some of Bernie's demands, because... Just go back to Bernie for a second for mm-hmm. him to get out of the race. He doesn't have to get out of the race at any point. No. They have to treat Bernie, they being the Democratic establishment, Obama, Hillary. They have to be very careful over the next week or two what they say about Bernie, what they say about Bernie supporters, because like we said, he has this huge movement of people that are likely going to vote for Hillary. But even if you shave a fraction of that off, now you're making the race a lot closer than it has to be. So they have to treat Bernie with kick gloves here and Bernie's going to get to list off 
a bunch of things that he'd like to see happen. So that way he'll get out of the race and everything can, peace can be made. Partly why he was at the White House today. Bunny's demands. Right. He's telling Obama. Obama's going to tell Hillary. They'll work it out. They'll figure it out. One of the things that Bernie could demand is let's do away with the superdelegate system that people hate so much. Yes. It's not going to help him, but that could easily be one of his demands. And wouldn't that be interesting? What a legacy that would be. You know, just this election is bringing a lot of things to the surface. I wonder if anything's actually going to change because a lot of things that are being looked upon have been that way for years now. The voting machines. Oh, sure. The yeah. superdelegates. When people register. Yes. For I mean, party affiliation. All these nuances that have actually been in place forever now. Yeah, uh, it's a great point. I mean, probably not. A lot is going to be done about that. But that is, again, the the we'll see the lasting legacy of this Sanders campaign and this movement that he started. What is Bernie going to demand on his way out? Mm -hmm. Because also let's not forget. He's still a fucking Senate. Like this guy's going to wield a lot more influence now in the Senate. He's very well known. He's going to have a lot more influence over all this stuff. And you know, we'll see. We get to see if Bernie's message and his ideas are valid and my support and our support for him and a lot of people's support is valid uh in a lower stakes scenario you know we'll see we'll see how he proceeds now in what i got to assume is his last run for president i mean i can't imagine that he'd you know give it another shot Not at it, I doubt yeah it. I, I doubt that so anyway okay here's trump trying to court bernie voters which is insane but okay welcome you with open arms <laughs> And by the way, the terrible trade deals that Bernie was so vehemently against, and he's right on that, will be taken care of far better than anyone ever thought possible. And that's what I do. We are going to have fantastic trade deals. We're going to start oh. making money and bringing in jobs. Okay. It's so much easier said than done. Well, absolutely. Everything's easier said than done, yeah. Now, I know some people say I'm too much of a fighter. My preference is always peace, however. Huh. And I've shown that. I've shown that for a long time. I've Can you give us one example, yeah, I, please, for the like, love of God? In, how, when did you show that? It seems like the slightest insult um, sets you off. Like, you've never <laughs> turned away from any of that. You, you can't. You're just you're robotic with it. An extraordinary business on relationships and deals that benefit all parties involved, always. Mm -hmm. My goal is always again to bring people together. But if I'm forced to fight for something I really care about, I will never ever back down and our country will never ever back down. Which I believe him Uh and that's a dangerous temperament. That's the thing. Listen to the real things that he's saying. The brags that he's saying about himself, I never ever back down and our country will never ever back down okay and you want to give that uh nuclear codes exactly well that's the thing right i mean like people have made fun of that but that's a legit that's legit Mm -hmm. what if we what if we're the like what if we should be backing down you you understand what i'm saying what if we invade syria and it's the wrong move to continue going there What, what if he was president during vietnam would we have not backed down would we just stay in vietnam we're just gonna stay in iraq like Think about that. That's a day. That's sounds good. That's t- tough talk, but like that could it's be a, a practical real negative thing. Yeah. 
I knew you'd like I that. I fought for my family. I fought for my business. I fought for my employees. And now I'm going to fight for you, the American people. Like nobody has ever fought before. <laughs> Wait, yeah, but I, that's what people want to hear, though. Yeah, people, people are stupid. They, they want to hear it, but they're not, it doesn't matter. The, I, sa- I saved this clip just for these next couple of lines he's going to say. Maybe, okay. Maybe left. And I'm not a politician fighting. I'm me. You're going to see some real good things happen. (laughs) (laughs) Real good things happen. Wait, let him finish. (laughs) Just remember this. I'm going to be your champion. I'm going to be America's champion. Now, I imagine him when he's saying, I'm going to be your champion. I'm going to be America's champion. He's making a belt. (laughs) <laughs> he he literally means that it's not figurative that he's going to be champion causes for America. He fancies himself America's champion. That's how I'm imagining. Mm. Are you writing that one down? Yeah, I am. All right. Let, it, let him finish this thought. Uh, quick, one more Trump clip. Because you see, this election isn't about Republican or Democrat. It's about who runs this country. Yeah, obviously. That's, mm. of, well, of course. That's what it's about. It's an election. Yeah. The special interests... Or the people, and I mean the American people. Okay. Uh, all right, let's jump ahead here. This is uh, actually I lied. We have two two more Trump clips, but we might as well get into it. This is I, I'm enjoy- We haven't done clips in a while, Joey. I, I know. We'll I love it. clips. I know it's fun. Clips and quotes. I am going to give a major speech on probably Monday of next week, and we're going to be discussing all of the things that have taken place with the Clintons. I think you're going to find it very informative and very, very interesting. No, oh, I, what is that going to be? I just want to point out that just going in the idea with the championship belt that he's going to make, what, he's going to come on primetime the exact time Raw is on and try to get everybody to watch him give a speech about Clintons? Monday doesn't make sense. about Monday Night Raw? Is that yes. what you're talking about? yes. Well, when is he going to get No, me? I'm not. Okay. Oh, the crowd liked that one. They're, they're excited about I wonder about... if the press will want to attend. Who knows? See, that, if he, he gets, see that's the thing. He's a little tongue-in-cheek bullshit. He gets it. Mm-hmm. He, he knows why he's doing that. All right, 14. Okay, this is just the end. This is literally the end of Trump's speech. Let's just hear what he has to say. Together, we will put the American people first again. First again. We will make our communities wealthy. We will make our cities safe again. We will make our country strong again. Ladies and gentlemen, we will make America great again. Remember. Thank you. you. All right. There you go. Yeah. Donald Trump. Wow, what a, what a night. It was very fun to watch all this uh, take place. Uh, I, I enjoy it. The spectacle, you know? I get into it sometimes. Oh, that you nothing? No, it's just he's saying all the right things. No, he's not. What is he saying that's right? It's the same shit over and over again. People just want a champion. That, those dum-dums with the red hats sitting in the room <laughs> want a champion. They don't know what the fuck's going on. It Like, come on. Let's see when it actually gets to a general election. No, nobody fucking really wants that. You believe that? I don't know what I believe anymore. That's absolutely right. All right. I'll tell you what. Yes. Let's take a break. Okay. We're going to have a little promo. You're going to hear my sweet voice talking about our stand up New York labs, Instagram page at stand up NY labs. 
We're going to come back with the uh, Cincinnati Zoo update. Sound good? Yes. Hey, this is Damian Lemon from In The Conversation. And this is the voice of your choice, Ali Muhammad. And alongside with Vladimir Kamanyo, we present In The Conversation, the podcast. Yeah. If you like shit talk on a professional level, you're going to love In The Conversation. That's right. And you can find In The Conversation on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you go to listen to podcasts. Even if you listen through someone else's door. That's creepy, but we appreciate the support. And we at ya. Peace. Hey guys, this is Chris, one of the producers here at Stand Up New York Labs, and I'm telling you to go check out our Instagram page, at Stand Up NY Labs. We're having a great time taking pictures of all the comics that come into the studio, recording podcasts, all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. You're missing out if you're not following us. You can see pictures of Jared Freed, Mark Norman, Joe List, Kurt Metzger. Who doesn't need more pictures of Kurt Metzger in their life? Go check out our Instagram page, at Stand Up NY Labs. You're going to love it. All right, Joey, you ready to move on to the Cincinnati Zoo update that I know you're so patiently waiting for? Can we just go straight into the clip? No, I got to okay. do a little, we got to do a little setup. We're going to get to the clip is coming very quickly, which Joey's referencing, uh, as I said at the beginning of the show, last week we mentioned that the charges potentially being brought against the mother of the kid that fell into the uh, Harambe's enclosure um was t- it's a tinge of racism. Mm-hmm. And then the clip that we're going to play, it's not the guy saying it. That's racist, but he, whatever. Well, we're going to play the clip in a minute. You'll see what I'm saying. No charges will be filed against the mother of the three-year-old who fell into now-deceased Gorilla Harambe's enclosure. Joseph Dieters, who is the Hamilton County prosecutor, Mm -hmm. made a statement about this, uh, explaining that no charges will be brought. We're going to play that, and then I'll point out uh, when I go, oh, see? (laughs) Totally right. All right, so this is Joseph Dieters talking about the fact that – you know, no charges will be pressed. That's not our audio. Their audio was shitty, but it gets a little better. You couldn't find another one? Joe, it's a fun, it's this, no. Okay. Yeah, they do, there's just a proliferation <laughs> of fucking Joe Dieter's uh, <laughs> press, uh, pr- whatever. She had three other kids with her and uh, turned her back you know, and I, I've gotten dozens, if not hundreds, of emails about this case. And if anyone doesn't believe a three-year-old can scam. What, Jay? I'm sorry, but he just said emails, and do you know what I automatically thought of? H- Hillary? Yes, deleting. All right. What, what are you, like a... Tr- you're voting for Trump? What are you doing? <laughs> just, just, just apply. We're off very quickly. They've never had... Okay, so he's defending the mom. He's being okay. like, we're not bringing charges because it's a fucking three-year-old. You turn around for a second and they can, which, yes, it's correct. True, yes. That's true. Because they can, and they do. Had she been, for instance, had she been in the bathroom smoking crack and let her... Uh-oh. Oh, he did it. Okay. Here's he where... Did it. He, I, I, he actually did I, it. I started clapping because I was like, <laughs> oh okay, because he's not saying, like, the reason why he says in the bathroom smoking crack, which, look... We know historically that that's a uh, a knock on black women, whatever, where they go crack, crack baby, all this shit. Crack is like synonymous in like, you know, shitty people's circles of being like black people do crack, whatever, mm-hmm. like it's in the hood, you know, whatever it is. The reason why he brings that up is not because he's a racist, but it's like, you know how many times he's probably heard over the last two weeks people being like, 
what was she doing? Fucking smoking crack or whatever. Like, that's why it's fucking <laughs> that's racist. A lot of like, that's what people. That's a lot of that's, so that I, I feel justified when he says, like, if she was in the bathroom smoking crack, like, yeah, because that's probably what a lot of people were saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's not what was happening. She was being attended to her children by all witness accounts, and the three-year-old just scampered off. Okay, so good, good job. Of course, you're not going to press charges. That's, no. of course, that is possible that this could happen to anybody. Uh, oh, and by the way, Joey, the gorilla exhibit is open once again, this time with a 42-inch fence, which is six inches taller than the old one, enforced with wooden beams, rope netting, and security cameras. Oh, they have a security camera? Here's the picture of the... the That's still climbable. It's cli- It most certainly is still climbable. The kid's climbable. even climbing it now. Yeah, but the kids, the kids like head is barely going over. That's a better fence. You can't just walk through the middle of it. If you're going to climb that, you got to be like way quicker and like way more dexterous. That's why they put the, the, the netting there. So I think that's the appropriate fence. Uh, if you guys want to see it, I mean, that's pretty readily available. I think I found that on the guardian or something like that. Evan, you wanted to weigh in here. What's stopping the parents from like suing the zoo? Uh, nothing. It's a good question. They, they haven't, but I don't think they would win on that one. I don't agree with you. I, like I said, I think that fence is not, uh, th- that wasn't, not, it doesn't, yeah, the, the kid was able to fly over it. Uh, absolutely. Obviously the kid was able to fly over it. Yeah. I mean, I guess suing them would probably awaken the trolls again and they probably don't want to have to go through that. Yeah. I mean, you never know. Um, it's expensive to sue a zoo or whatever. They might not have the money. The zoo probably saw, yeah. Who? Oh, that's racist. Joe. I mean, why would they not have the money? A little bit. Right, it's expensive to sue. You know, who knows why? But, but I think they have a. I think they have a reasonable case. Um, that yeah, that kid should. Yeah, but the kid, nothing ended up happening to the kid except it was it was okay. So maybe, so maybe it's no harm, no foul. So the right, the kid had a couple of scrapes or whatever. They're lucky that they're not. They pro- maybe feel lucky they're not having charges pressed against them. They're not going to. I want to know if the other apes can sue. Well, interesting that you brought it up. Some of them are actually protesting the new enclosure. They don't like it. It blocks their view of the people. They're not happy. They have signs. The the gorillas have signs. Yeah, nice. Um, all right, that's all I have. I mean, that's just a quick update. Obviously, yeah. we talked about it quite a bit last week. Once again, rest in peace, Harambe. I hope you know nobody else falls into the gorilla enclosure. I think they did the right thing, not pressing charges. I think they did the right thing, replacing that fence. I want to move on, Switzerland, Joey. And they're guaranteed income for all. A big conversation, obviously, with Bernie Sanders, the socialist, being mm-hmm. in the race, uh, is like, look at Europe. What are we going to turn into fucking Europe? We're going to do. I bring a story from Europe. We have Switzerland here. On Sunday, seventy-seven percent of Swiss voters rejected a plan to give roughly two thousand five hundred sixty dollars to every adult and roughly six hundred fifty dollars to anyone under eighteen every month regardless of employment uh what the, oh uh, employment status to try to fight poverty social inequality and guarantee a quote dignified life to everyone they are the first country to vote on a universal basic income uh um, incredible what's incredible that that the, that progressive well they voted no no, I, I know, but right. the fact that they were, you know, they had the opportunity to vote to even vote for that is incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting first step. The reason why I bring it up is that they soundly rejected it. And I have a couple of quotes here. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but that's always the critique of like fucking Europe. They're just trying to give the house away. Meanwhile, l- let me say this. It's $30,720 for one adult, mm-hmm. right? If they if you were going to get the twenty five sixty a month for a family of three, two adults and one kid, it's like 70 grand a year free. You just get this money. Now, obviously it's not free. You're paying it with taxes. Yeah. The people that have more money, you're probably going to pay a little more into that. How do you feel before I get into the quotes about the idea of a universal minimum wage in the guise of automation? And, you know, there's not a lot of men. Manif- we're, we're losing jobs and blah, blah, blah. How do you feel about this? Um, as a social welfare strategy. I think it sums up with the question that came, um, that was raised and they had pamphlets and everything for it. What would you do if your income were taken care of? Oh, interesting. This was in Switzerland? The, yes. These pamphlets? Okay. So what, what would you do if your income was taken care of? Meaning that if everything was provided, what, could well, you and, spend and let's your be clear, but on. let's be clear though. It's the, let's be clear. Let's be clear. Mm-hmm. Not everything is provided. I mean, it's thirty grand. It's not like your entire life is fine. Although in Switzerland they have probably a lot of more social programs. But like, you, you'd still have to but, do something if you wanted to have a better than you know. Comf- you can be pretty comfortable, but it's not like you're taken care of. Well, okay, completely. So, but okay, I all get right. It. So then the argument will boil down to this if they gave everybody that amount of money uh-huh. and everything increased then that amount of money really doesn't amount to anything and doesn't even matter to begin with well it's enough to have the basic necessities yeah, met eat and have a house you know not a house whatever a room a board you you'd which i think is excuse me perfectly perfectly reasonable I, I don't know if that's necessarily something i would want to adopt but i get it i mean i i i don't know i wouldn't be that bothered by that Because that would be the logical step, you would think, that if these basic necessities were met, then we could be doing other things. But at the same time, you have... Like such as, like what, I always always say, like like such as the Iraq, like that girl from the, uh, you know, the Miss Universe pageant, they asked her, like such as the Iraq? (laughs) Anyway, like such as what? Like what would you do if everything was taken care of? Like what are the other things you would do? You'd read probably, maybe you'd get into, I don't know, what? Interior design? I don't know, what, what do you do? Well, one would assume that we would do more STEM, science, math-related, and maybe find the next great invention. Why Why would you assume that? If people have no real reason to learn anything, like they don't, you don't need to be educated then anymore. You don't need to produce anything because they're giving you the money. That's the argument against it. I don't care necessarily, but I don't think people aren't going to do more math. This benefits the artisan class more than it benefits anybody else. It benefits people who are not as well educated or have a disability or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it benefits people who want to do more creative things because then it frees you up to focus on those studies. But also you can argue then that that hurts people because like the struggle is what creates art. So who, who the fuck knows? But you know, see to me, when I think of this, I think of, the great opportunities that a kid might have not had to get that education and to be a productive member of society. And it just makes it easier for that person to have that opportunity. But you're also right about the struggle. Because when I think of people, I the think of The struggle like, continues. I think of like people like Thomas Edison uh-huh. or Da Vinci or whoever it may be. And we could have many people that might just be that intelligent that might have through no fault of their own, starving at this exact moment. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, look, it's it's growth through pain. That's always what it is. Like, and pain can take many different forms. But you really only, 
you really only gain anything through resistance. <laughs> you know what I mean? Otherwise, it's just called having it. Like, and that's the argument against it. This guy, Kurdan Piravino, who's a Swiss industrial designer, says, I understand that a new generation is worried about how and where young people will find uh, will next find work, but this proposal was pure nonsense. You cannot give a society the idea that money is available for doing nothing, which I understand that side of the coin. Olivier Duchesne, who's a Swiss musician and street mm-hmm. entertainer, says, we're losing all our values, creating countries that no longer need workers but still need consumers. Interesting. But how can we expect people to buy anything if they can't earn a salary tomorrow? I have to assume that Olivia Duchesne is not a good musician, uh, but <laughs> whatever. Uh, no, he, he's exactly right, though. If everything is based on capitalism or a system well, of buying goods. Okay, right. it's based on consumerism. If people don't have any money or a job to access that, then the system fails. Well, right. I mean, it's an interesting thought because... We're a consumer culture for sure, and I mean, obviously, we're. I don't know much about Swiss culture, so like, I'm obviously putting it in the context of of this country where I live. Um, we're a consumerist culture. If you gave people, say, everybody in America had like a basic income, a hundred thousand dollars. You know, I'm just making up a number, hundred thousand dollars. Actually, let me beat you to this. Oh, because I thought about this, and and you would ask what people would spend their money on. I thought it would be getting a sloth with the prosopis foa. Getting a sloth? Yes. Like one of the animals, the sloth. Yes, yeah, the sloth. Okay, and a pro service for okay. yes. How much does that cost? I don't know. I, I was oh, okay. just throwing it out there. Uh, maybe a couple thousand dollars. Yeah. That sounds good. I would probably get a slow loris. Look it up if you don't know. They're adorable. Watch a video of them eating bananas. Very cute. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, if you gave everybody $100,000 in this country, we'd spend it on food mm-hmm. and technology crap we could keep wouldn't that be crazy we could keep the whole economy going by just giving people more money to spend more money like that's the logic of being Mm -hmm. able to like raise everybody out of a certain level of you know social class or whatever i I don't know it's a complicated issue i could get behind an amount of money i don't think you should completely give people enough money that they literally don't have to do anything Mm -hmm. because then you now you're creating this very strange situation where you know who's who's going to strive really to do anything you take away the desire to really achieve anything because like ah fuck it i can sit here i can watch tv i can eat there's still going to be individuals that were going to strive of course but what percentage that that's the question at what point do you have a point of diminishing returns where you're raising enough people out of poverty and giving enough people a basic um living standard yeah standard of living which i've talked about bernie i'd certainly support that um Where's the point of diminishing returns where you go too far and now people don't even, they, they have enough safety that they can just withdraw completely and kind of go off in their own way and be completely, you know, you got to balance that. So you, I, I recognize so, that. So, so you feel that people wouldn't be as social if everything was provided. I don't even mean social. I just mean like the reason why cities exist and communities exist and whatever is because there's common purposes. There's reasons to go out and there's reasons to go to work and whatever. And even if you don't want to, you're tied into this system. Mm-hmm. If you give people enough money that they can just take care of themselves, essentially and kind of like not have to go and to work system and not isn't do in place and everything. Yeah. Then this, right. So you got to, it's a, it's a balancing act. That, that's the problem. All right. Here's a balancing act for you. You ready for this? Yes. The Wolendas. Do you have a clip? No. In the next 10 years, do you know how many people will become of working age? Where? Here? In the world. No. How many? 1.4 billion. Okay. 
Do you know how many jobs will be cre- created at that said 10-year period? I'm listening. 300 million jobs. Yeah. And why is that? Because of computers and, and machinery and robots and, and all that stuff. So what do you do with the huge amount of people that are not the 300 million that have the jobs? It's going to be a very interesting question. But that's we've talked about that before. Maybe the answer isn't giving people you know, a base level of money. Maybe money isn't even in the equation. Maybe it's, again, being able to create this kind of capitalist agrarian society where people do have daily tasks Mm -hmm. working on a farm or doing whatever it is, like labor tasks that aren't necessarily tied to an income that it's self-sustaining. So if you complete this task, we're going to have fruit, vegetable, water, all Health stuff. insurance. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, right. And that can all be taken care of on a, on a national level. And then the work part is not really tied to survival. It's tied to society and being part of and it. being part of that society. Hmm. You know what I mean? So, but, but who the f- that's, that's a, you know, who the fuck knows, but we'll see. But right. But that's a, that's a problem that needs to be faced. Of course. Mm-hmm. People are getting older. People need work. People need to get themselves out of the situation they're in. And if there's no jobs, what are they going to do? Maybe riot? Maybe start a war? I would hope not. Well, this is what's happening in Fallujah. That was a solid wow. segue. You like? I sucked you right into that one. Yeah, you did. Roughly two weeks ago, the Iraqi army, backed by U.S.-led coalition airstrikes, launched an assault on Islamic State-controlled Fallujah, the site of the worst battle of the Iraq War in 2004. It is 20,000 Iraqi soldiers right now mm-hmm. versus eight to 800 to 1,000 ISIS fighters. I bring this up. Uh, we're not going to get into Bush and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but again, problematic, caused by, well, whatever. We're not going to get into it. This is happening again. Yes. Um, I have some quotes, I believe. Yes, I have a quote. This is the third time since 2003 that U.S. and Iraqi forces have fought to retake Fallujah. It is a city of 350,000 people. It's like Tampa, Florida. It's like Pittsburgh. It's Mm. like Cincinnati, even, where Harambe is from. Um, It's insane that we keep... I mean, you're doomed to repeat history if you don't learn from your mistakes, and we keep doing it over and over and over again. Like we're trying to take Fallujah again. Yes. Which ISIS controlled, like I said, since 2013. Um, it's highly symbolic. And I have a quote here. Hisham al-Hashimi, who's an Iraqi government advisor, says, it is important, Fallujah, because of its symbolic value to Daesh. And Daesh is ISIS in uh like Arabic, those, those oh, okay. letters. It's just different letters. It is close to Baghdad and close to sovereign infrastructure in West Baghdad, namely the international airport. And it is the first place Daesh occupied in Ayanbar in 2014. So we're trying, there's a battle for Fallujah. I've read a few things about it. I'm not going to mm-hmm. pretend like I, you know, I'm an expert in, in this s- stuff, but as I understand it, if you could actually get ISIS out of there and create some serious damage, then you're going to start to win that, PR battle that ISIS is always waging, the propaganda mm-hmm. battle. Because, oh, you, but you couldn't hold Fallujah? Like, you're, you're losing Iraq? Like, now you're pushing them back, and it's, it's, it makes people wake up to the reality of what ISIS actually is, as opposed to the reality that ISIS is trying to push on Western civilization and the people right around them. Which are know? two completely different things. 100%. They're there. They can see what's going on. 
Um, 3,700 people have fled in the last week while 50,000 remain trapped in Fallujah. ISIS is not letting people out. They're trying to keep people there, obviously create, uh, you know, a level of chaos. You know, that is a very, very like scary thought for those 50,000 people that are in there. Oh, please. Because you have 20,000 people coming in to fight to find 800 to a thousand people who are willing to hurt you to help spread their message. Yes. Hundreds of thousands of people, Joey, have fled Fallujah numbers of times now. <laughs> like five times they've tried to f- leave Fallujah because of the fighting and all the problems that are taking place there. It's a bad situation. You know, I mean, it's not a good situation. We keep our eye on it. It's Iraq. It's part of the legacy of all the stuff that we did in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And we continue to do, obviously, uh, seemingly in a supporting role at this point. But we'll see where it goes. See, because at the end... You have everybody starving too, which which is see see because the other thing that ends up happening is for those fifty thousand people that remain, yeah, you could spin it and you said, look at what the Americans and they did to us, and you could end up raising a whole army of terrorists. Absolutely, that's always a possibility. I think, I think at this point, it's less likely. Just in the circumstance, because I think the people there can see clearly what What's ISIS is. On. They understand. Yeah. Like, we're not really there in force. I mean, you know, there's uh, thousands of American troops, but it's not hundreds of thousands. So I think I think you're right. That is a valid point to bring up, but probably not in this circumstance. Mm-hmm. I think they completely understand what, what is happening here. And because, uh, again, it's Iraqi forces. Yes, they're U.S. trained, but they are they're from Iraq. It's not, yeah. you know. So we'll see what happens. A lot of things on the ground there. We're going to keep our eye on it. It's a big deal, but I feel like it gets kind of overshadowed with a lot of the election stuff. And, you know, I'm just putting it out there. All right. Woof. I think we've got a good episode here so far, Joe. Fantastic Jerry. episode. Um, we're going to close. This is our, we got our, to our last topic here. Now, this is the Stanford rape case. Brock Turner, who was convicted of sexually assaulting a young woman, was sentenced to six months in county jail last week. That's the simple form of this story. I have quotes from Brock Turner himself. Mm-hmm. I have quotes from the young woman that he raped, that he's convicted guilty of raping, uh, whose name isn't released. But I have some of her statements, which I find extremely, um, whatever, it's cliche, but it's like they're power. it's powerful what she's saying. And I think it puts, we talk, well, whatever, we'll get into mm-hmm. it. Okay, so I got her quotes. And then I also have Brock Turner's dad statement, um, which is really the thing that alerted me to this story to begin with. It's not, you know, I pay attention to this stuff, but I, sometimes I don't want to bring it up on the show. It doesn't feel like relevant. It feels like a little, uh, you know, exploitative, but the reason what brought me to it was I saw a headline that said Brock Turner's dad's statement epitomizes rape culture. So I clicked on it and I, because I was like, what, how, how Mm -hmm. does it, and we, we'll get into that in a minute. So that's what okay. drew me into the whole thing, but we'll go with that in a second. What do you know? And you guys, Evan, obviously you can jump in, and Johnny too, if you know anything about it. What do you know, Joey, about this situation and what happened, essentially, before we get into any of this statement? Um, from what I understand, there was a, a frat party going on. This young woman went with her sister to that said party. Right. Um, both of them had multiple times the legal amount of alcohol. Both of them being Brock Turner and the young woman, not the sister. Yes. Uh, having large amounts of alcohol in both their uh, symptoms. And I, 
and the night progressed well virtually uh he was found atop of a by a dumpster yes by two men on bicycles yes and then gets up runs away and ends up getting tackled by the guys on bicycles who yes. luckily happened to be there as the case turns out because he was raping her behind a dumpster in an alley mm-hmm. uh while she was unconscious so that's the the story terrible situation um and then i think you know we can kind of break it down as we go now i'm going to read brock turner's statement first mm-hmm. at face value if you haven't read about the story necessarily i hope it comes through i encourage you to like look into the story a little bit because it's an interesting guy jay i was going to ask you don't you feel that some people might feel that you're doing a disservice by reading his statement first instead of reading the victim's well, statement first well we just here's the good question i understand what you're saying here's the here's the here's why i'm gonna do it i'll give mm-hmm. you my logic behind it we just said he's a convicted rapist i believe he is okay. I, I think that's the right thing we explain the story in the context of he took her behind a dumpster and raped her i'm not saying like something happened i don't know he raped her there's there's no doubt about that the reason why i'm reading his statement first is because her statement is a response to him in court okay so it's just in the order of things by no make no mistake this kid's a rapist okay he Mm -hmm. raped this girl and this girl is extremely brave for coming out and doing the things she's done so far and saying the the things that have if she was my daughter and i heard her saying this to her rapist in court i'd be overwhelmingly proud of her um so okay so Mm -hmm. that's that's the context so now this is brock turner i guess in court giving his like final statement or whatever about about what happened after being sentenced i can never forgive myself for imposing trauma and pain on redacted obviously her name isn't there it debilitates me to think that my actions have caused her emotional and physical stress that is completely unwarranted unfair the thought of this is in my head every second of every day since this event had occurred these ideas never leave my mind During the day, I shake uncontrollably from the amount I torment myself by thinking about what has happened. Now, I'm going to stop right there. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind as I'm reading this, his tone, the way that he's like phrasing things because she obliterates him in probably the most, like in an extremely impressive way, the way that she comes back at him. I find him, and again, this is a convicted rapist. It's not like I'm just, we're just making, th- this person is a sociopath. The way that he writes, the way that he talks, and the way that he won't acknowledge the fact that, yes, I raped somebody. He goes, physical, the emotional and physical stress, is it stressful to be raped? Is that the right way to phrase that? If you, like, it, it's this, it's, I want you to understand the, the thinking behind the words that this guy's writing. He's trying to be like, it's like when you're really trying to get the point across to somebody, but you don't really mean it. You're just saying Same the words right. as much as possible. Sounds like something we talked about earlier in the show. That's what he's doing here. He's trying to use so many words and like try to say like, I shake uncontrollably. I'm tortured. But like he's making it about him when it shouldn't be. Absolutely. It's not about. Well, I mean, uh, yes, to an extent, right? It's not right. It's not about your fucking pain. You're you. You cause somebody pain. You're the rapist. Admit that, you know, Um and also, he seems like a dummy, frankly. I'll, I'll say that based on the way he wrote, as, especially as compared to the way that she writes. She's a very good writer, a very powerful writer. Um, let's continue. Oh, and by, by the way, I don't know if I've brought this up on the show. Uh-huh. Like I've said before, rape and murder, jail for life. 
That's how I feel. Yes. Violent crime, something like that. We don't need you. You can rehabilitate this person in jail. Maybe you, you, 20 years down the road, 10 years, 15 years, maybe you can revisit it. But I think there's something fundamentally fucking off with you if you're a rapist. And I don't know what you're going to do to correct that behavior. Um, I, I don't know, personally. I mean, if you work with a rapist or something, I'm not being sarcastic, like, right in. I'd love to hear about that. But to me, violent crime, murder, rape, and honestly, murder to me is more f- you understandable than, than, this. than this. Because you don't... R- okay. And, all right. Yeah, let's just read just, uh, okay. it. I wish I had the ability to go back in time and this is where it gets annoying and she gets annoyed about this, the victim. Mm-hmm. And I find it irritating too because it's a, it's, it's a complete rationalization of what this asshole did. And again, we're saving the dad statement for last, which is the thing that brought me to this whole thing to begin with and we'll close up with that. I wish I had the ability to go back in time and never pick up a drink that night, let alone interact with Redacted. I can barely hold a conversation with someone without having my mind drift into thinking these thoughts. They torture me. I go to sleep every night having been crippled by these thoughts to the point of exhaustion. I wake up having dreams of these horrific events that I have caused. I am completely consumed by my poor judgment and ill-thought actions. Is that is that really what you should be thinking? Like, no, it's not. It, poor judgment... Oh, I, I really should have second thought, you know, fingering this unconscious woman behind this. Ah, I'm tortured by these like poor judge. Like, no, you're, you're a, all right. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. There isn't a second that has gone by where I haven't regretted the course of events I took on January 17th. Not what I did. The course of events. events. Very interesting. The wording to this. And that's what I find fascinating about this whole story. My shell and core of who I am as a person is forever broken from this. Like, come on, this kid's an idiot. He's like, he's emotionally a child. It seems like, uh, I am a changed person at this point in my life. I never want to have a drop of alcohol again. I never want to attend a social gathering that involves alcohol or any situation where people make decisions based on the substances they have consumed. God, Evan. So he should just go to jail. Sounds like exactly. That's exactly. It's a great point. Yeah. Jail's a perfect place for him. He's advocating for a longer sentence. You're totally right. I never want to experience being in a position where it will have a negative impact on my life or someone else's ever again. Um, I could drink. He was two times over the legal limit. Okay. I could be two times. I could be four times over the legal limit. I'm never going to fucking rape anybody. Never. It doesn't matter. I will never do it. I promise you that alcohol is not what made this kid rape someone. It's just not. He was always a rapist. He's a time bomb. Right? I don't, I honestly see. Mm. That's how I feel. See, I always, I'm going to catch it, whatever. No, well, I, in a situation like this, in context for each individual, I want to look at the, given the best possible benefit of the doubt. Why? Uh, just trying to be humanistic. He did like what he did is unforgivable. Okay. Yes, but I don't know if that automatically makes him a. Well, he's a rapist. Well, he is a rapist. He's, a rapist. he's a convicted rapist. That's the thing. That's the thing. We're not looking at the. I I, I get what what you're where you're going with that. It's a it's a difficult thing to talk about. You see because. Uh, <laughs> the way I feel and whatever, maybe it's a new term, but it's almost like rape shaming. Like 
they should have never been in that situation, neither one of them. But they are. Well, the can only, you place all the blame on him? Yes, the only reason every one hundred percent, no doubt, everything yeah, is his only, fault. He physically dragged her out. Yes. to the dumpster. Yeah. to finger her. Yes. Okay, that's that's the thing. We're, it's not a situation where we're speculating about what happened. This is what happened. He's convicted. A jury of people convicted him of doing this. People saw him doing it. The sister couldn't find her. She doesn't remember shit, and we're going to read mm-hmm. her story. So, yes, it's 100% on him. Absolutely it is. Because she didn't rape him. <laughs> That's the thing. Okay. He raped her. If they went to a room or something, his dorm, and they both were naked and it seemed like they were trying to have sex or one of them passed out or whatever, and then he said, that, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. He took, kind of, but he took her, an unconscious girl that was not obviously in her right mind at that point. She's she's out of it. She's in a blackout or whatever and physically unconscious. He took her out back with the intention of doing something fucked up to her, and it was raping her. That's the that's the situation. We know for sure he's convicted of that. Because they because during the trial, they tried to play it that... He did. He danced with her. He they were did. holding hands. Yeah, yeah of course, because he's defending himself. Of course. he's Because we'll get it... We'll get into her statement because she brings that up, but... See, because the other thing is... Because her, she's unconscious. Mm-hmm. So by the nature of that beast... You have to take the only person's side is the person that was not unconscious, right? So he's getting the benefit of the doubt by being a predator because she's unconscious. He's not. So, of course, we have to listen to him. He's the only one that was there. That's insane. Mm-hmm. That's insane. You know, it's a bad situation, obviously, but he fucked up. He did the yes. wrong thing. He's a bad person. He fucked up. I want to show that people's lives can be destroyed. This is really where it gets annoying because this gets okay. annoying. I want to show that people's lives can be destroyed by drinking and making poor decisions while doing so. Would you really term a fucking rape a poor decision? That's the thing. Like, a poor decision is driving drunk. That's a poor decision. A poor decision is, oh my God, I had a uh, lamb gyro and a whole pizza last night and Chipotle while I was drunk. Shouldn't that was have a done fucking that. bad decision. Is it a bad decision to fucking rape someone? Is that really? Is that, that no, really it's unforgivable. Yes. One needs to recognize the influence that peer pressure and the attitude of having to fit in can have on someone. What does that have anything to do with what happened? Nothing. It's called skirting the issue. One decision has the potential to change your entire life. I know I can impact, and this is this is before sentencing, I guess. I know I can impact and change people's attitudes towards the culture surrounded by binge drinking and sexual promiscuity that protrudes through what people think is at the core of being a college student, which, by the way, is like an idiot state sentence that just Uh is a poorly written sentence and also this isn't promiscuity fuck whoever you want as long as it's consent Uh this is not a promiscuity issue it's not a drinking issue it's a you're a fucking rapist issue and you got caught and you don't like the fact that you got caught because now your life is fucked which it should be yeah it's done you're you're a problem but i've never meant to intentionally hurt um redacted my poor decision-making excessive drinking hurt my poor decision-making and excessive drinking hurt someone that night. And I wish I could just take it all back. Drink all you want, big guy, make all the wrong decisions you want. Don't rape an unconscious girl. That's your mistake. And he doesn't it want to even need he's to be circling said. that drain, but he's never going down it. I want no one male or female to have to experience the destructive consequences of making decisions while being under the influence of alcohol. I want to be a voice of reason in a time where people's attitudes and preconceived notions about partying and drinking have already been established. I want to let young people know as I did not 
that things can go from fun to ruined in just one night. Are you fucking out of your mind? That's the thing. This kid is a fucking loser. Mm-hmm. He's a problem. Probably not raised right. We're going to get to his dad's statement in a little while. Mm-hmm. Or he was raised right, and he's just a psycho or a sociopath that doesn't understand what he actually did. He's not accepting what he actually did. And that is rape someone. That is what happened. It's not drinking. It's not fucking partying. That's not the problem. Drink and party. Make bad decisions. Don't physically assault someone. That's the issue. See, because the other thing that comes to mind is the whole context of how it happened, too. What? Well, the, the, with the assault, and he doesn't, like, the, he seems to never even acknowledge the fact that he did anything wrong. No, he's not acknowledging the fact that it was one of their decisions to do what happened. It was not both of their decisions. No, not at all. That's the thing. And he's blaming alcohol and whatever. Okay. Well, I didn't realize until I actually got into it. Like when I was reading it, I was obviously into it, but like I didn't realize until I started talking about this. It really fucking pisses me off. Because this is a whole conversation, the whole rape culture thing, which is what sucked me into it. A lot of things are referred to as rape culture and this and that. There's a lot of, you know, things that aren't rape being called rape. Um, This is a rape. And that's like, we need to take that as seriously as anything. That's why that's why it sucks me. Yeah. Yes, but how how does anyone take it seriously when you have the perpetrator or the uh, a predator yeah. only get six months? Well, absolutely. We're gonna get into that in a minute, and and the the yeah, which is gonna which apparently, from what I understand, could even be lower to three months. Yeah, three on months good for behavior. good behavior. Yeah, of course, right. Absolutely. We're gonna get into that in a second, but right. But that's I agree. I'm I already told you. I'm. I'm probably comfortable with life. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Like, yes. fuck you. This is the victim to Brock Turner in court. Now, this has been going on for a year, this uh, trial. He was just sentenced. This is her opportunity to, to actually directly speak to this piece of shit that raped her. And here we go. This is, Now, I took things out of order. Um, it's a, it's, you know, it's like a 13 page. It's 7,000 words. It's, okay, it's 7,000 words. So we're not going to read 7,000 words. Go read it. It's uh, it's worth reading, if only. You, you, you want to know to me what it was? It was a well-written essay on human decency. Absolutely, and pain and suffer. It's 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 real. It's as real as it gets. Mm-hmm. I was telling Evan because we were talking about it a little before we started recording. I didn't include this line in the, um, you know, from her statement. But sometimes you hear people go, well. You, you know, they'll minimize it and they'll go, maybe she could be making it up or whatever. There's a line in here that I didn't include, but it's like poetic in like the saddest way where she's talking about how she felt after during this trial and having to relive all this stuff Mm -hmm. over and over and over again, all the crazy questions. She's like, I would cry myself to sleep at night to the point where I started putting spoons in the freezer so that when I woke up in the morning, I could put them on my eyes. So my eyes, I could actually see because my eyes were so swollen from crying. You don't make that up. That's a real fucking hurt that that person went through. That's a real thing. That's real. There's no question in my mind that's real. And you'll hear what she has to say in this statement. So this is the first line of the her statement. She goes, you don't know me, but you've been inside me, and that's why we're here today. My sister, t- now, okay, we skip ahead. My sister teased me for wearing a beige cardigan to a frat party like a librarian. I called myself Big Mama because I knew I'd be the oldest one there. I made silly faces, let my guard down, and drank liquor too fast, not factoring in that my tolerance had significantly lowered since college. The next thing I remember, I was on a, in a gurney in a hallway. She goes into the whole 
how she realized like when she was there she was not immediately panicked she said in the statement she didn't remember anything happening she was there and then she was in the hospital it goes into that i'm not going to get into that Mm. whole detailed part but again i'm not trying to minimize her thing you should yes check it out if only just to respect her for doing it you should go read it now she's really addressing him she goes you are guilty 12 juries can 12 12 jurors convicted you guilty of three felony counts beyond reasonable doubt. That's 12 votes per count. 36 yeses confirming guilt. That's 100% unanimous guilt. And I thought, finally, it is over. Finally, he will own up to what he did. Truly apologize. We will both move on and get better. Then I read your statement. That's why I read his statement. Mm-hmm. first. If you are hoping that one... <laughs> This, this this chick is cool. I like her. I just like her writing style. Like who she is comes through with this. If you were hoping that one of my organs will implode from anger and I will die, I'm almost there. You are very close. This is not a story of another drunk college hookup with poor decision making. Assault is not an accident. Somehow you still don't get it. Somehow you still sound confused. I will now read portions of the defendant's statement and respond to them. Love it. You said being drunk... Uh, I just couldn't make the best decisions and neither could she. Alcohol is not an excuse. Is it a factor? Yes. But alcohol was not the one who stripped me, fingered me, had my head dragging against the ground with me almost fully naked. Having too much to drink was an amateur mistake that I admit to, but it is not criminal. Everyone in this room has had a night where they had regretted drinking too much or knows someone close to them who has had a night where they have regretted drinking too much. Regretting drinking is not the same as regretting sexual assault. We were both drunk. The difference is I did not take off your pants and underwear, touch you inappropriately and run away. That's the difference, right? Mm -hmm. That's the difference. I love this. This girl laid it out correctly this is correct well, true and the reason why she was able to lay it out correctly is because she's telling the truth this really happened to her and she, she means lived it. through it she lived through it and good for her she she did live through it because it's impressive uh you said you were in the process of establishing a program for high school and college students in which you speak about your experience to quote speak out against the college campus drinking culture and the sexual promiscuity that goes along with that campus drinking culture that's what we're supposed to be speaking out against. You think that's what I've spent the past year fighting for not awareness about campus sexual assault or rape or learning to recognize consent campus drinking culture down with Jack Daniels down with sky vodka. If you want to talk to people about drinking, go to an AA meeting. You realize having a drinking problem is different than drinking and then forcefully try and have sex with someone. Show men how to respect women, not how to drink less drinking culture and the sexual promiscuity that goes along with that. Uh, Oh, drinking culture and the sexual promiscuity that goes along with that goes along with that like a side effect, like fries on the side of your order. Where does promiscuity even come into play? I don't see how headlines that read Brock Turner guilty of drinking too much and the sexual promiscuity that goes along with that campus sexual assault. That's your first PowerPoint slide. Rest assured, if you fail to fix the topic of your talk, I will follow you to every school you go to and give a follow up presentation. (laughs) It's it's like uh you you feel you know there's fire there yes. you know what i mean you can feel it and it's like it's great because you you know it's a person at least in this moment coming back to life a little bit you mm-hmm. know lastly you said i want to show people that one night of drinking can ruin a life a life one life yours you forgot about mine let me rephrase for you 
I want to show people that one night of drinking can ruin two lives. You and me. You are the cause. I am the effect. You have dragged me through this hell with you, dipped me back into that night again and again. You knocked down both our towers. I collapsed the same time you did. If you think I was spared, came out unscathed, that today I ride off into the sunset while you suffer the greatest blow, you are mistaken. Nobody wins. We have all been devastated. We have all been trying to find some meaning in all this suffering. Your damage was concrete, stripped of titles, degrees, enrollment. My damage was internal, unseen. I carry it with me. You took away my worth, my privacy, my energy, my time, my safety, my intimacy, my confidence, my own voice until today. Strong. Like, unbelievable. Argument. Yeah, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. It's like I'm, I, I, you know, I was going to say I loved reading. I didn't love reading this because of what happened to her, but it's an incredibly powerful statement. Mm-hmm. The probation officer weighed the fact that he has surrendered a hard-earned swimming scholarship. How fast Brock swims does not lessen the severity of what happened to me and should not lessen the severity of his punishment. If a first-time offender from an underprivileged background was accused of three felonies and displayed no accountability for his actions other than drinking, what would his sentence be? Yeah, exactly. People are crazy if they think that if this kid was black... He would get six months in jail for raping this white chick at a college party. Are you kidding me? And doesn't apologize. Like, okay, apologize, but like, doesn't accept Show what happened. Us. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm sure that it would be a six month sentence, potentially because, three. Because through none of this has he shown any remorse. No, of course I got Evan. Devil's advocate. How's he supposed to accept what he did without incriminating himself? He's already. He's. He already is. He's already found guilty. This is just a sentencing phase. They already said you did do it. Good point. Accept it. Uh, let's see. I lost it. Would you want to hear something incredible about uh, what's going to happen with the letter? What letter? Uh, the letter that she wrote. No, yeah, go ahead. Next week, Congresswoman Jackie Spencer is working on having them read the entire letter on the Senate floor. Good. Good for her. Or the House or, or both of it. That's great. She she did a very brave thing and good for her. It should it should be right. It's important. She was raped. This yes. is serious. This is not a joke. It's not rape culture. It's not any of this other shit. And that's why it attracted me to begin with. It's like it's not rape culture. It's rape. She was raped. That's a crime. Go to jail. The fact that Brock was an athlete at a private university should not be seen as an entitlement to leniency, but as an opportunity to send the message that sexual assault is against the law regardless of social class. Right. The probation officer has stated that this case when compared to other crimes of similar nature, may be considered less serious due to the defendant's level of intoxication. It felt serious. That's all I'm going to say. I love that. She, she's, this is a smart person. Mm-hmm. And finally, to girls everywhere, I am with you. On nights when you feel alone, I am with you. When people doubt you or dismiss you, I am with you. I fought every day for you, so never stop fighting. I believe you. As the author Anne Lamont once wrote, lighthouses don't go running all over an island looking for boats to save. They just stand there shining. Although I can't save every boat, I hope that by speaking today, you absorb a small amount of light, a small knowing that you can't be silenced, a small satisfaction that justice was served, a small assurance that, they are, uh, that we are getting somewhere, and a big, big knowing that you are important, unquestionably. You are untouchable. You are beautiful. You are to be valued, respected, undeniably every minute of every day. You are powerful, and nobody can take that away from you. To girls everywhere, I am with you. Thank you. Now, who's being honest and real in that situation. She is. This is 
the ex- the letter that the dad wrote that sparked my interest in this whole thing. Let me say this. Yes. The headline that attracts me is this epitomizes rape culture. This epitomizes a dad defending his idiot son, son. who's a rapist, okay? I have to believe, before we even get into it, it's not rape culture that the dad is defending his son. I understand a dad defending his son. Even if his dad's the big, the son's the biggest fucking garbage on earth and an idiot and a rapist. The, the father, on some level, wants to defend his son. Yes. Let me say this. If my son raped a girl, my defense would not be of my son. It would be of the girl, and I'd be embarrassed of my son. I'd be humiliated that my son would be like that. Mm-hmm. I don't have a son, so I don't know. But that's what I'm saying. But I do understand that a father would try to defend the son at so, on some level. Now, this is the this is the this is the thing that really fucking pisses people off. off. Not me necessarily. I mean, obviously, it's it's irritating, but it definitely upset people. As it stands now, Brock's life has been deeply altered forever by the events of January 17th and 18th. He will never be his happy-go-lucky self with that easygoing personality and welcoming smile. His every waking minute is consumed with worry, anxiety, fear, and depression. You can see this in his face, the way he walks, his weakened voice, his lack of appetite. Brock always enjoyed certain types of food and is a very good cook himself. I was always excited to buy him a big ribeye steak to grill or to get his favorite snack for him. I had to make sure to hide some of my favorite pretzels or chips because I knew they wouldn't be around long after Brock walked in from a long swim practice. Now he barely consumes any food and eats only to exist. This verdicts have broken and shattered him and our family in so many ways. His life will never be the one that he dreamed about and worked so hard to achieve. That is a steep price to pay for 20 minutes of action out of his 20 plus years of life. The fact that he now has to register as a sexual offender for the rest of his life forever alters where he can live, visit, work, and how he'll be able to interact with people and organizations. Yes, of course it should. Of course it should. He's 20 minutes up. of action. Jesus Christ. If I cu- if it took me 20 minutes to cut Evan's head off, are we going to be like, yeah, but the rest of his time, he never killed anyone. Really? Is that a legitimate defense? Are you out of your fucking mind? Not at all. Uh, what I know as his father is that incarceration is not the appropriate punishment for Brock. He has no prior criminal history and has never been violent to anyone, including his actions on the night of January 17th, 2015. Bullshit. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. Brock can do so many positive things as a contributor to society and is totally committed to educating other college students about the dangers of alcohol consumption and sexual promiscuity. Too bad that's not really an issue that we're dealing with. That's not what happened. Great. I'm glad he can contribute that way. By having people like Brock educate others on college campuses is how society can begin to break the cycle of binge drinking and its unfortunate results. Probation is the best answer for Brock in this situation and allows him to give back to society in a net positive way. Very respectfully, Dan A. Turner. Go fuck your mother. I get it, but go fuck yourself. That's so toned down. I have to believe mm-hmm. that if my son was convicted of fucking rape, the statement that I made would include certainly something about the victim. Yes. And it wouldn't be this fucking tone deaf. He doesn't need to go to jail. It would be, I don't want to have to watch my son go to jail, but he failed and I failed on some level, and he needs to be punished. And I understand that. So here's my question for That's you. That's tone deaf as fuck. We talk about justice. Yeah. We talk about paying the debt to society. 
if you do choose to take somebody and lock them up for the rest of their life, uh-huh. they never have an opportunity to redeem himself. Sure they can. You can get let out of jail to go give talks and go back to jail. Of course you can. All right. So how would Brock redeem himself? Well, you start by admitting what you did. Which he hasn't done. Right, which it seems like he's never going to do. And you could see the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because the dad's not saying anything either. He's going, oh, it's about promiscuity. It's about sexual alcohol con- uh, consumption. No, no, it's not. Those are factors. Promiscuity isn't. Alcohol is. She said it best. Alcohol is a factor. It's not criminal, though. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. You committed a crime. Go to jail. Judge, we're going to close with this. Okay. Judge Aaron Persky, who this is the judge overseeing the thing, now is facing a recall after the lenient sentence and questionable statements, which I have here. The judge, These are some of the statements the judge made. Obviously, the prison sentence would have a severe impact on him. The defendant is youthful and has no significant record of prior criminal offenses. I don't see why that would... This is a violent crime. Why would that necessarily factor into it? It's either... it's You know what I mean? Like, oh, he never raped anybody before, so let's take it easy on him? Well, let's keep it in context. This is doing a trial where he's trying... Take your hand off the mic. Where he's trying... Well, you know... Turner's trying to defend himself, or there's an attorney trying to defend and get the light. The yeah, but this least is amount the judge time. thing. I'm saying this is the judge, the person deciding. This is the judge's rationale. Yes, that's why I'm bringing this out. You know, just to get the judge's rationale. And his rationale is wrong. Yes, in my opinion, yeah. That's why he's facing a recall. There is let because people get mad about that. Like, well, it's the judge's rule. No, you vote on judges. You can get them out. Recall them. That's a. We don't agree in this community. That's not. We don't think the judge is doing the right thing. We want more severe punishments for rape. There is less moral culpability attached to the defendant who is intoxicated. I don't agree. Mm. I don't agree. Pesky also uh, appeared to rely heavily on letters that Turner's friends and family sent and read an excerpt from a former classmate who told the judge she couldn't believe the assault allegations. The judge about that said, to me, that just rings true. It sort of corroborates the evidence of his character up until the night of this incident, which has been positive. My dad taught me young that character is doing the right thing when no one is looking. That's what character is. Mm doesn't matter. You're there. You know what the right thing is to do. You see you doing it. Don't do it if you know it's not the right thing to do. This little piece of shit, maybe in the public eye, maybe in front of his family and friends, knows how to play the little angel. But when he got a chance to take a vulnerable person out of sight, he did the fucking wrong thing. Mm -hmm. That's not character. That's the lack of character. This is a letter excerpt that the judge based some of this ruling on, which is what's in f- makes my b- fucking brain explode. This, this letter is probably the most aggravating thing. This excerpt from the letter. I'm sure she and Brock, and this is obviously a family friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Brock. I'm sure she and Brock had been flirting at this party and decided to leave together. I don't think it's fair to base the fate of the next 10 plus years of his life on the decision of a girl who doesn't remember anything, but the amount she drank. Where do we draw the line and stop worrying about being politically correct every second of the day and see that rape on campuses isn't always because people are rapists? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It would have to be. Rape isn't caused by rape? What are you talking about? Rape on campuses isn't always because people are rapists? Yes, it is. 
It sounds like she's blaming the victim. Of course she is. She's blaming him being politically correct. That she's blaming the chick. Well, this chick got fucked up, so of course Brock fucked her behind the dumpster. Like a gentleman. What are you, fucking nuts? To the victim. Good for you. You did the right thing with this. You're going to get positive attention. I, you're going to get negative attention, too. Mm-hmm. But I think it's... You're going to get a lot of, you know, a lot, a lot of uh, positive attention for this and and good for you and i hope it helps you rehabilitate yourself after a truly traumatic thing and having everything taken away yeah and then you have to rebuild you know yourself from the ground up again this judge will keep our eye on it and um you know we'll we'll see what happens with this fucking brock turner but for now he's going to jail for six months and we'll, we'll see what happens Final thoughts on that, Joey? I know it's a heavy thing. I wanted to get into it. It's extremely very heavy. You know, I got sucked into it by a fucking clickbait headline. They do work. And uh, look at this. We did almost another hour on the podcast about it. Go go ahead, Evan. You got any thoughts? No, it's a great job. Great job. Thanks, man. Um, All right. Good episode, Joey? Great episode. Guys, uh, we look, we love you a lot. We love that you listen to the podcast. We appreciate it. We appreciate all the support, the texts, not texts, the snaps, the tweets, you know, the comments, all that stuff. Go on iTunes. You can subscribe to the podcast. You can leave a review. You can leave a rating. Go on soundcloud.com slash mandatory Samson. You can follow us on there. Leave a comment under the episode. We respond to all of those comments. We like having the conversation with you guys about whatever we talked about on the episodes. We're also on Google Play now. What a what a fun treat for all our Android users. Uh, YouTube.com slash mandatory Samson. Once again, we're not live streaming the show for now. We're working out some things at the studio. We're trying to figure out what our strategy is as far as streaming is concerned. Uh, Evan has been pulling clips actually out of the show with a little, um, you know, a little EQ graphic mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Just like little shorter segments from the show. Thank you for doing that, Evan. And, uh, I'll be posting those, um, you know, probably over the weekend after the episode comes out and, you know, you guys can share those if you'd like. That's on youtube.com slash mandatory Samson, mandatory Samson at gmail.com. I'm man Samp on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Feel free to get in touch with me on any of those platforms. Joey is Joey from Jersey on Twitter and Snapchat. We'll talk to you guys next week. We really love you. Goodbye. This has been a Stand Up Labs production powered by digital media. Subscribe to new and archive episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. And find all of our shows at StandUpLabs.nyc. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. No, we out.